Welcome to the Open Up Cricket podcast. We're talking sport, fitness and mental health. This episode, I'm going to be talking about the idea of mental health as a continuum to try and move away from what I feel dominates the conversation around this topic, which is almost exclusively focusing on mental illness and people sometimes confusing mental illness for mental health as a whole. If you were to ask someone to write down three things that first come to mind when they think of mental health, I would guess, and this is not based on any scientific evidence, by the way, but I would guess that most people would put down at least two out of those three things to be to do with illness or to do with problems. And this isn't a surprise. I think if anyone listening was to quickly do that, that would probably be what comes to mind. And I think even if I was to do that, I would certainly think of at least one thing, which is to do with illness. And that's fine because that does represent one part of the whole continuum or spectrum of mental health. I wonder though if the question was to be around physical health, whether the response would be the same. I mentioned at the sessions that we do, the results you get from inputting both mental health and physical health as terms when you search on Google. For mental health, there's a stream of results which relate to illness and relate to diagnosed disorders, crisis, problems within healthcare and stories which present a very bleak picture about the state of mental health in the UK or anywhere else. If that was to be then done for physical health, that does show a much wider spectrum of understanding uh, and conversation perhaps more to the point where you'll have the idea of the peak physical fitness where if you put it in the images on google for example there'll be pictures of people running practicing yoga people with smiles on their faces very positive imagery it seems aspirational and i think that is the crucial difference with mental health the dialogue and the discourse around it is the opposite in most cases, as being aspirational. It's very much rooted in the problems that can exist within illness. And this may be because of the fact that illness does dominate the conversation for good reason, because people often feel when they interact with healthcare services that they are under-resourced and that they then, or perhaps people close to them, don't get the treatment or the service that they think they should do. And people will often compare it with how physical health is dealt with and then leave it and and consider that really the the mental side of things is really lacking. That could be in the UK or or elsewhere. My experience, of course, is, is over here in England. Now, that means one thing, that we need to talk a lot more about why it is that mental health or me- and, and the treatment of poor mental health or mental illness is seemingly so widely different from um, its physical counterpart. But also for me, I think looking forward and being proactive, 
This should remind us that in actual fact, mental health is not just illness. And what could be done if our conversation widely in society, as well as more narrowly, if we're talking about particular sport or a section of a sport or even just your own club, if we talked about it more aspirationally, then it's my view that we could definitely see some real great improvements in people's mental health, which then, as a consequence, helps to be able to reduce risk of mental illness, but also, perhaps if we're not able to reduce the risk of of, of mental illness occurring, because there's so many reasons why people can engage um, with a disorder or a problem it can be genetic it could be circumstantial so we're not always and particularly from my perspective I'm not someone who's a healthcare professional I'm not able to delve in and say what's caused this and what's caused that but the evidence is of course out there that in any area of health there are things that can be done which are proactive preventative which not only help you um, not have these prolonged or more significant interactions with illness but actually give you loads of opportunities to make use of the of the positives of that health or fit or fitness you don't have people attempting or working on their physical fitness just to stop themselves being injured they do it to thrive to say well actually yeah i can run this quicker i can bowl quicker i can bat better and, and all the rest of it so that can be something that's done with mental mental health if we're able to start making the conversation more aspirational and more away from just illness. And I'll explain later why I think that moving the conversation away from just an outcome like an illness and more to the process of what you do with your mental health will help anyway. Now, what we have um, in terms of that physical comparison is that I think you have three benefits to a more positive interaction with mental health and talking about it positively and maybe reclaiming the term because a lot of the time people confuse mental health for just mental illness they'll refer to someone as having mental health but really what they mean is this person has a mental illness or they're having problems with their mental health or whatever term we use whatever group of words we want people will confuse mental health with mental illness i know that i've done it at times in in the past as well so what we can do if we think about three areas of positive mental health you can look at one end and think about how you can use it to make you thrive how you can use it for sports or other areas of your life to be the most dynamic successful individual you can be and using tools for fitness like meditation the process of gratitude visualization positive self-talk using times where you're able to pause and switch off the connections with others, all the wide, wide things you can do to improve your mental health, to use them to say, yeah, I'm going to use this to reach my goals. Also, somewhere in the middle, if we have a more authentic and honest and more reflective approach to what we can do to improve our mental health, and we're aiming for a, for really the top, the top that we can be, we're able then to see, perhaps more honestly, when there's a bit of a dip if things aren't going as well so if we're used to using things like meditation to be able to concentrate and focus on particular things in sport or in life and then we find that our skills are starting to, to dip and decline that might be from a very early start a chance to say okay perhaps my 
mental health isn't quite as good as it has been. Is this something that I need to to look at? Do I need to maybe take some time away to avoid stress? Do I need to do some things which move me away from triggers for making my mental health decline? Is it that I'm drinking too much alcohol? Is it that my diet's not quite right? Is it that I'm not talking enough you know i'm not sharing things i'm not connecting with people so that bit in the middle perhaps is the most important there if we're exposed to mental health and people use it really positively and talk about it to say yeah mental health is about being mentally fit people would surely talk about it more because it's positive i think the conversation is normalized a lot more if people use it in terms of performance and aspiration some of the and I can't think of any other term to describe them. Some of the scare stories that people use, and I've used them myself, to to describe very bleak interactions with mental health and, and at the illness side of things can be inspirational. They can make people think, yeah, actually, I don't want to be in that situation. I've got to do something. I've got to speak up if there's a problem. I've got to look out for my mates. But often when people reach that area a lot of the damage has already been done and it's very difficult, very, very, very testing process to then get people to open up and talk and seek help because all the problems that may have started to emerge have perhaps become quite embedded. And when you're talking to someone and maybe mentioning the the, the drastic things that, that have happened, this can do what? is perhaps the the intention positively to scare someone into action but you can also scare or put off people by them thinking oh flipping heck I don't want to think about that oh god you know I'll, I'll run away from that that hasn't affected me yet I don't hope it do- hope it doesn't so I'm just pushing that to one side when really that could result in people who don't engage with mental health until it's a, a very critical point then not being able to spot the signs coming. And then if it hits them, uh, it can be much more impactful. So I think this can end up sometimes obscuring the positives. If we're saying, look, this is, a pro- this is what can happen if you don't look after it, but here's what you can do to look after it and say, look at all these great things you can have out of it. I think sometimes there is just the, the talk and we use our tagline, it's not weak to speak. That is almost a last resort in when you're talking about mental illness. It's saying, come on, you can't have these crises keep emerging. We need to be talking and saying it's not weak to speak on every level, every part of that mental health continuum. It's not weak to speak when you're in a dressing room and you're looking for examples of how you as a team can improve and strive to get those performance uh, indicators much more um, advanced. But equally, it's not weak to speak if you're in the middle and things are in a little bit of a lull. You're not necessarily engaged with an illness, but you might be thinking, hang on, you know, things aren't quite right. You might need to reflect on that with someone. And then, of course, it's not weak to speak at the the critical end when people do need that help to stop the very worst outcomes happening. But if we think about mental health yet yeah, as that continuum, or if you think of three stages, the thriving, the kind of bit in the middle, and then the problems at the end and everything that links them together, we definitely can do more in our exposure to mental health to actually talk about the the positives more. So ideally, what we would want in that uh, continuum to talk about is people having 
if they were asked three things about mental health, ideally to have something which is really good, very aspirational, very um, high-end, performance-based, if you like, something in the middle, which could be to do with people being able to understand themselves more, understand their triggers, things that make them feel good, and things that can maybe derail that. We have talked in previous podcasts and in various parts of sessions that we've done about ways that psychologists may work with sports teams to discuss this kind of thing. We've done a, a, a work with a, with, a, with a few over the years and the idea of perhaps things which are injections or leakages, a term has been used before, or things which derail you. If you're thinking about your process of wanting to achieve in sport being a thing where you're on the right track and you're doing things that keep you going and moving more and more forward, but there are also things that can derail you that can mean that you go off that course. And that's a crucial thing perhaps in the middle of this mental health continuum. We're hopefully aware that there's lots of things you can do to boost mental health around things like, as I've said earlier, meditation, something I always bang on about. Or it might be journaling or it might be the use of a team environment, just staying involved with people, having those social interactions. But perhaps what people do shy away from, maybe in the, the middle, is to work out what it is that where their triggers are, where their problem points can be. Typically, although it's not perhaps fashionable to talk about it, it could be alcohol. It could be that drinking too much over however long is something which provides problems for your mental health or fitness. Alcohol, after all, is a depressant. And it might be that at the wrong time, that can be something which contributes or is the main factor in your mental health declining. So whatever it is, whether it's that or diet or not having enough connection with other people, not being able to relax, spend enough time with your close friends and family, whatever it is, that's for me the middle of the mental health continuum where you'd be thinking, right, what point pushes me one way or the other? But if we carry on the conversation about mental health just being about illness, then people aren't encouraged to look for those triggers within themselves. They're encouraged maybe to look for symptoms of the actual illness, but you can get to interacting with it before that. Notice something and realise, okay, if I adapt to that or I do something about that, then I won't have the illness. I won't be then having the symptoms. Instead, it seems to be, at best, the widespread conversation is about recognise these symptoms, speak to someone, get help. Rather than getting help when things have gone wrong... There is an ability to get help with and help others by talking more openly about mental health for the benefits to be able to stop your own interaction being when you need the quite, um, in, in a lot of cases, clinical help. When mental health, just like physical health, can be looked after by everyday people. So, I think this ramble has been my attempt to try and say that big stage in the general conversation about mental health next has to be about the full spectrum of it to take the term mental health away from just illness to be saying very positively we do want better treatment when people have mental illness absolutely but what we want to do is reduce the amount of people who engage with mental illness who have problems who do 
have areas of their life which are very, very bleak and they feel like there's no way out. We certainly don't want people to get into those situations. So whilst I'm not saying that things like meditation and practicing things that are good for your mental health insulate you against illness and injury i'm not saying that for a minute you look at the fittest football cricket rugby players in the world being physically fit and and amazing specimens of human beings doesn't stop them getting injured but they are able perhaps to identify injuries earlier to stop them becoming worse however it works so I'm certainly not saying these things stop mental illness, but I know from my experience and the conversations with lots of people that particularly when it's lifestyle things that impact and circumstances, that there are things that we can do long term to embed good, positive, quality mental health so that if there are declines, which sometimes we just can't prevent, we're then in a better position to know early on to get things sorted and return to a happy and healthy life. That's my two pence worth. If you've got any comments, send them over via the usual methods. But for now, thanks for listening.